Have you ever been told at some point in your life that you are not good enough, smart enough, strong enough, rich enough, or any reason really? This podcast is meant to teach, motivate, and inspire you to never lose sight of what your true passion is and to always believe that you are far more capable than you think. Welcome to the Why Not Me podcast with your host, David Lawrence. Each week, we'll bring to you a guest with that similar background that they've been told at some point that they couldn't succeed or was smart enough or rich enough or where they came from. We hope that this podcast will inspire you and lead you and motivate you to discover your purpose, passion, and drive. Sit back and relax as our guest brings you a very special story each and every week. What shaped me is the fact that I went through not knowing what's wrong with me for so long until six months after my career ended, I was diagnosed with chronic thoracic outlet syndrome. And so finally I had a name for what was going on with me and why my body was shutting down. And for so long, I went through not just a physical battle of fighting my body every single day, but a mental, emotional toll that took on me as well. It shaped me into who I am to realize that I'm not made of glass. Welcome back to the Why Not Me podcast with your host, David Pahorance. So we have a special guest in the house today, Jenna Mango, coming from us uh, all the way out in San Diego it's from Fitness Quest 10. And she is a good friend of, of mine and a mentor, um, Todd Durkin. So Jenna brings a lot of experience. Uh, Jenna is a best-selling author of Juice to Rise, and she is an NLP neuro-linguistic programming. Jenna, I don't know if I'm going to mess that up. Um, master practitioner. And also a, NAS, a NASM certified personal trainer, fitness nutrition specialist, and a former field hockey assistant coach. And if I've read it correctly, you also played field hockey in college, correct? Yes. Perfect. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Jenna. How are you, Jenna? I am great. How are you? Thanks for joining us. I am great. As I um, start this podcast, and as I mentioned earlier, it's like a thousand degrees here in North Carolina. So if I drip a sweat every now and again. <laughs> That is um, okay. It is a whopping 80 today. <laughs> yes. This jumped right into your into your book. So since that's uh, how I got to know you through Kelly Watson and through Todd, talk to the listeners. Well, for, let's first let them know who Jenna is, kind of a little bit about your background, what you're doing now, and um, let's, let's jump into your book. Yeah. So I'm Jenna Mango. I'm originally from a small town called Bethel, back home in Connecticut. And after graduating high school, I went to Springfield College for a year to play field hockey, suffered a season ending injury, ended up quitting the team, seeing if I could see myself staying there. The answer was no. I ended up transferring to Eastern Connecticut State University, where I finished out my last three years of my undergrad and went back to playing field hockey. And after graduating from Eastern Connecticut State University, I went and got my master's at Western Connecticut State University and was also their assistant field hockey coach for four seasons. So that was kind of funny because Eastern and WestCon are really big rivals. Those three years were fun because I still had played with those girls back at Eastern. Mm -hmm. And then after graduating from WestCon and getting my master's degree in applied behavior analysis, I went and immediately worked in the field. Absolutely hated it wanted to do more of what makes me happy. So I ended up quitting my job and pursuing a career in personal training and was hired at Equinox. That was my first real personal training job. Worked at Equinox throughout the pandemic. And when gyms opened back up, 
I always knew that I wanted to live in California, at least at some point in my life. So for a while, ever since my undergrad, I followed Todd Durkin and I heard the name the first time was when he was on the show strong and I watched that when I was in college. And so I followed him ever since then. And then he posted this real motivational video on his Instagram and it spoke to me clearly. And so I decided to see if his gym had any openings. And at the time they didn't, they only had an internship. And I was like, oof, you know, just coming out of a pandemic, I can't really take an unpaid internship right now, but let me just send him my resume and my cover letter. And so I sent him and Jeff Bristol, my resume and my cover letter. And I said, if anything opens up in the future, I'd love to be considered. And I ended up getting an email back and hopped on two Zoom interviews and then flew out here for a week for a final interview and they offered me a job. And so then I moved out my entire life in three weeks and have been living in San Diego for a little over a year now as a personal trainer and performance coach at Fitness West 10. Nice, very nice. Became a best-selling author of Choose to Rise. Choose to Rise was or is an autobiography, but it was in a process before it was published. And after moving out here and working with Todd, I had met Kelly in the craziest way. I mean, you've read it. It was, you can't make, you can't make that up. And she ended up helping me publish my autobiography, which is a story of my life, everything from high school up until moving out here in San Diego. Right. And anyone, um, and also being from Connecticut. So to the listeners who are listening and future listeners, uh, I'm also from Connecticut. So anyone who knows that state and and the jump that Jenna made to California, tiny little Connecticut, all the way across the country to uh, California, completely night and day, right? Night and day experience for you. So talk a little bit about, you you jumped in, you talked about your coaching and and your playing experience. How did that help shape Jenna Mango, like who you are and kind of where you're at right now? How did that experience as an athlete, coach, and now trainer, and then a best-selling author, how did that kind of evolve for you? Yeah. So like I had briefly mentioned, I suffered a season ending injury at Springfield. I was taken out by the goalkeeper, flipped over, landed on my stick. My stick went into my spine and season ending, but they never told me what it was. We just thought it was a back injury. And then when I went to Eastern those three years without me knowing until my senior year, I made the condition progressively worse And to a point where my body practically shut down my senior year. And I was like, something's wrong. I've been an athlete my entire life. I know that something's wrong with my body, but I had no answers. I thought it was, you know, doctors thought it was fibromyalgia. It wasn't. Thought it was Lyme disease. It wasn't. They thought it was just constantly a false negative. And so what shaped me is the fact that I went through not knowing what's wrong with me for so long until six months after my career ended, I was diagnosed with chronic thoracic outlet syndrome. And so finally I had a name for what was going on with me and why my body was shutting down. And for so long, I went through not just a physical battle of fighting my body every single day, but a mental emotional toll that took on me as well. It shaped me into who I am to realize that I'm not made of glass. I'm a lot stronger than I think that I am. And it forced me to have to grow up a lot quicker. And it, but it also forced me to realize who's really in my corner, right? And who's going to be with me throughout my life. And so that transitioned 
from my experience playing the sport into my coaching experience, because since I was always an athlete, I was very fortunate enough to not have any major injuries other than just, you know, like a broken thumb here, one concussion, but no major, major injuries until I was diagnosed with TOS. And so when I became a coach and I dealt with athletes that tore their ACL or, you know, they're out for an extended time because of a sprained ankle, I was able to not only be more sympathetic, but empathetic towards them because I know what it felt like to not have answers. I know what it felt like to have to sit the bench and use that as a different role on the team, not just performing on the field. I need to perform on the bench and be there for my teammates. And so that carried into my coaching experience and honestly really helped me be the best possible coach that I could be for those athletes. Ryan, just uh, from your experience and being a former athlete as well, and, and a coach, you can identify a little more easily than the average person of someone who's just watching it on TV, for example, who's, you know, those couch potatoes, right? There are coaches, uh, Monday morning quarterbacks that, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? So you, it, it, it's much easier to step into that coaching role and to be able to relate to the athletes and know what they're going through and help them kind of maneuver through those, you know, those challenges and those setbacks. So, and then pivoting over to your, your book with, and and I was in that room with uh, when, you, when Todd brought you up and you popped your head in and um, I was sitting just a couple seats over near Kelly as well. And then you come in and he, he does, he sits you down and brings you, you're on the spotlight and lo oh, and behold, yeah. you are sitting next to the same um, uh, publishing company who work with me, who are fantastic. Anyone listening again to this now and, and reads Jenna's book or, or read my, read my book. Kelly and Greg do an awesome job. They really do. But that was an experience, I'm sure, for you being put on the spot. And 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 I'll just tell you from being in the room as of everybody else in the room, just my first impression was, wow, she's got it, she's got it all pretty put together for for a young professional just kind of entering the the training world. And so you can tell you had some good role models prior to even stepping into foot at uh, Fitness Quest 10 and stepping into that role. So what what was that experience like for you? Like Coming up there, you just kind of popping your head in there and 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 really identifying. You started this um, book prior to um, starting at Fitness Quest Ten, and and you had an idea, you had it going. What was your expectation that day when you when you when you got called up to the uh, to the roots, as Todd calls it? Honestly, I had no expectations. I mean, at that time, I was still so new to not just Fitness Quest but to San Diego, and I moved out here. My entire life moved it out in three weeks like saying goodbye, all your family, all your friends in three weeks. And here you go. It's not like I'm to New York where I can just drive (laughs) on up to Connecticut. No, I moved across the country and had no one. And your three hour time difference, you know, like my friends are at work when I want to talk to them or they're already asleep. And so I was actually so lost and I wanted to almost absorb everything that I can at fitness quest And that included going to the mastermind retreat. And, you know, Todd had mentioned constantly like, hey, you know, peek your head in. You know, that's the beauty of working at Fitness Quest. Just come peek your head in. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it one day. Why not? And so I ended up going up to the roots. I peeked my head in. And he made me stand in front of everybody and introduce myself. And I was like, oh, geez. And then Julie actually said, hey, there's an open seat 
right here. Why don't you sit down and just, you know, listen to what we're talking about or, you know, take some notes, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even doing anything today. What am I going to do? I'm going to go back home and sit there and maybe cry right. or text my friends because <laughs> I'm homesick. I'm lost right. and I'm homesick. Right. And so I ended up sitting down and I ended up staying the entire day. And I'm so glad that I did because if I didn't, I wouldn't have participated in your activities, which wouldn't have led to telling people about my book, which wouldn't have led to meeting Kelly. Right. I really had no expectations of the day. It was honestly just me not wanting to be alone that day. <laughs> right. Well, little did you know, I'm sure maybe they had your name um, taped under the seat there that, uh, <laughs> that that was left open purposely. No one said there that's Jenna's seat, right? So um, it was all set up. No, it was, but no, you really did coming in and being put on a spot like that. It was pretty impressive. And everybody after the fact, after you had left, had said that to Todd and, and to Frank and 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 everyone else uh, in the leadership role that they were they were impressed. So that he knowing Todd had got a good one and 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 Jeff he recruited well. So let's talk about your book and really your story within the book. Fantastic, phenomenal story, strong message, and having an now turned fourteen year old daughter and having role models for her to look up to. Um, a lot of this podcast has to do with bringing in people young professionals, professionals in general, anyone with that story of really with that why not me mentality and choosing to rise and, and overcome and really just battle. So talk to us about your, your message and your story with the book and kind of what you hope to kind of get out of that. Yeah. So my book definitely covers a variety of different <laughs> topics, as you know, but, you know, I was bullied, severely bullied in high school. And I was in a very unhealthy and toxic relationship for about four and a half years. And then obviously I dealt with, you know, a season ending injury, finding out that it was TOS, feeling lost, that I didn't fit in, never feeling good enough. There was some family struggles going on as well. And then mm -hmm. feeling lost in my career. I spent all this time and education on something that I wasn't even doing anymore and feeling like a failure and then completely changing my career and then not wanting to stay in my hometown anymore and mm -hmm. taking a risk to get out of there and then dealing with being across the country with no family, no friends with me and trying to navigate being in a new place on my own. Right. And so all of these different topics take place in 28 chapters, I think. Right. And <laughs> so the main message that you get out of this, because yes, I explain my story, but at the same time, I put in advice that I give to other people and like things that I've learned on this journey throughout the book. Mm -hmm. And if there's any message to take out of it, it's that vulnerability is the key to success, to growth and to healing. And it's right. a, key emotion that we're all afraid of because, you know, especially if you're in high school, I'm sure college, there was a time that you were vulnerable and you probably got made fun of, or mm -hmm. you were judged or you were isolated. And because of that now in your head, you're like, I don't want to be vulnerable because I don't want to feel like that again. Right. But in reality, that's something that we need in order to succeed, to grow and to heal. And so that's, honestly, the main message that I try to get across in this book and just, you know, your body best, right. you know, your mind best, you know, yourself better than a lot of people do. And so trust that 
and trust your gut instincts and trust yourself and know that you are capable of so many things as long as you choose to rise above those struggles and those obstacles that come to try to knock you down or deter you from where you want to go. At the end of the day, you can do it if you choose to. That choice is yours. Right. And and it's so true. So especially with the environment that we're living in right now and everything that the challenges that young people are facing, like, and I say young people, um, not to date myself, but I'm talking in terms of like, like you and like uh, my daughter who, you know, she's 14 and the stuff that I hear that she's facing every day and the conversations that are had. And it's a lot different when obviously when I was in middle school or in college even. So I think your message in your book really will help a lot of people. And and really with your book, when you sat down and you decided to kind of jump in and, and finish it, you talk about some in your book, you talk about like your brother and, and you know, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about your influence is, you know, throughout the book. One of the things that stuck out to me was, you know, you talking about your brother and um, you mind talking a little bit about that and elaborating on that part? Yeah. So the book is actually dedicated to my brother because it honestly wouldn't have been a book if it wasn't for him. It was actually journaling for years. It was just a coping mechanism that I used because I was in an unhealthy and toxic relationship. So I would just journal. And then my brother, after graduating high school, he went into the Navy. And when he went off to boot camp, I, when the day that he left, I started journaling Mm. every single day. And I would tell him things that were happening or how I was feeling. And then when we got his mailing address, I actually sent him the journal so that he had something to read. And it was pretty much like a story from the day he left until the day he received the journal. And so after I had done that, it dawned on me that I actually might have something. And so I started taking all of these journal entries and forming a book. And in my head, I'm like, you know, this is just something for me to do. This is, you know, my healing process, how I'm going to think about all of these events and how I'm going to process everything and grow from it. Right. But still, it wasn't in my head, hey, I want to publish this. Right. Until my brother, while he was in the Navy, dealt with a lot of mental health issues and ended up trying to take his own life. And that hit my family so hard. And I was the person on the other end of the phone, pretty much saving his life. Right. He was in Virginia and I had to be on the phone with one of his friends and try to call his roommates because he was living off base. And I was that center person. And so that was very challenging to do in my role as his sister and not being there. Right. And so that was something that my family had to conquer and get through. And when my brother was released from the Navy, he came home and now it's a struggle for him to go from being in the Navy to trying to come back to his hometown where he was also bullied. And he also went through all these things in the hometown and trying to pretty much get back to a normal life. normal life. And that was very hard for him to do from being, you know, a sailor to now being a civilian again. And then there was one day where he intended on taking his own life again in Mm -hmm. our childhood home. And so 
at that point in time, it's like, why is this happening to my family? Why is this happening twice to my brother? And it it affects him a lot, but it also affected myself and my family thinking that we were failures or, you know, could we do more or why did we not see the signs? Why did we not see the red flags of that day? And so that's the story of my brother. And, you know, with everything that he went through, then it forced me to come back to my story Mm -hmm. and say to myself, listen, I have something here. And if I can help just one person, if I can, if my story can help someone can, you know, convince themselves that, Hey, I need to go to therapy or, you know, I need to speak to somebody or I need to, you know, change where I live or something right. or drop, you know, the toxic boyfriend, just something. If right. I can help that one person, then they can help one person and help one person. And then it's just this ripple effect of change and healing and growth. And so my brother's the reason why this all happened. The reason why this book actually became a book and for me to actually want to publish it and give the world my story. Right. And and I can relate to that hundred percent. And as I've read your book and this, not something a lot of people know that I share, but my younger brother saying he was in the military when he went from high school, star football player, broke his collarbone. He hoped to play in college and he probably would have for his size. He was a good athlete broke his collarbone, went into depression. We thought kind of, you know, recouped from that, recovered from that. Talk about wondering if we can do enough and say enough. Well, he, you know, he got, he got into depression and got into alcohol and cleaned himself up and went into the military, but then had issues there, fell, fell back into depression. And um, they weren't sure. They were, weren't sure what was going on with him. They were evaluating and, and I remember them calling my parents and I was in Charlotte. I had just moved to Charlotte at the time. They were like, yeah, we were running all these tests on him. Something's just really not right with him. So it turns out he and they end up diagnosing him. He was a diabetic on top of the depression. So, you know, then he got depressed about being a diabetic and and then the drinking began again. So so we were we got him help. But it was for him, it was a constant struggle that he battled through depression and and alcoholism and, and, you know, all those little things that as healthy, normal individuals, if, as you go through life, that you're not dealing with those things that we kind of take for granted, unless you have that immediate impact in your family that you're dealing with, which, I mean, you experienced it, I've experienced, and there's a lot of people out there who are experiencing it. So if your book can only help one person, which I, I envision it helping way more than one person, but then duty will serve for you that it's, it's a, it's a, a gift that, giving that out to the community and helping somebody is um is an awesome thing for you to do. So shifting gears to your personal slash new career out in California, as a former trainer and going through the schedule that I know you go through, t- take the listener through the average life or average day of Jenna Mango out at Fitness Quest 10 and kind of what's your day? How does your day start and end um, with clients and getting your own you know, health, well-being workouts in there as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hectic for sure, yeah. but you know, at the end of the day, you have to practice what you preach and yeah, we're making a lot of impact over at fitness quest and, you know, especially in my clients' lives and the members that come in every single day, just trying to make an impact on them and their day and just being a smiling face. But, you know, it's, it takes a lot. You have to, make, you have to fill up your own cup too. 
Right. And so I work Monday through Saturday, uh, obviously Monday and Friday, Monday through Friday are the busiest time of the week, but I'm up and I'm in there at 6am pretty much every single day. Uh-huh. I have a one-year-old puppy. And so, you know, I wake up, I take her out, I feed her, I get ready. And my drive to fitness quest is about eight minutes without traffic. And so my drive to work, it's blasting music, getting myself pumped up because I know when I walk in there, I got to be on my game. I got to be ready to go. I can't be walking in, you know, rubbing my eyes and yawning. So, you know, getting there, getting ready to go, mentally preparing myself, honestly, in a sense, because it's a lot, you know, music's blasting people everywhere and you got to be on your game. And so getting there for 6am, my schedule, depending on the day, I can have hour gaps. I can have like a massive four hour gap, or I can go back to back to back, like eight sessions straight through. And so really looking at my days ahead and knowing, okay, I only have a half an hour break today. I need to make sure that I have like a protein shake and, you know, protein bars and just bananas, like something that I can have quickly. Or if I know that I have time, maybe actually packing, you know, a meal that I can sit down and do or bringing my laptop to get some work done. And so it's really honestly making sure I'm prepped the night before my actual day and being okay with the fact that your day can just change in an instant. Right. You know, I can go in and be sitting there for two hours and knowing that I only have one more session and then they end up late canceling. Right. So you have to be able to go with the flow or sitting there and maybe something happens where a trainer stuck in traffic and you have to train their client that just showed up. So you right. have to be willing to think on your toes and be ready for anything. And other than that, you got to practice to preach too. So if you have two hours and you know, for a fact that you're not going to work out at 6 PM at night, you get your workout in there. Yes. So yeah. It, yeah. You have a lot going on in your day. <laughs> I've lived it. So I can relate hundred percent. Any fitness pro or anyone listening to this can relate or who's aspiring to be a coach. Know that you step into the grind from, from day one when <laughs> new and old in the field. So it is very rewarding. And for you, what is your, like an area that you're super proud of, you know, dealing with like your clients on a day-to-day basis that you see a wide variety of clients, right? But what's, what's one or two things that if someone's listening to this and they are thinking about being a coach, what is one, you know, a couple of things that stand out to you that you see on a regular basis, uh, you know, whether it be a mental block or a physical obstacle that they think they can't overcome. And how do you coach them through that? Like what, Tell us a little bit about that and how if someone's listening and, and really is thinking about you know making a switch in careers or or um, knowing that they may be struggling right now with their current client load and, and how to handle those things. Yeah. So like I said, you know, you have to fill up your own cup. You got to make sure that you're ready to go. But I think it's also fascinating that even at, you look at Fitness Quest. And you look at all of us as a group of trainers, we all have our niche. We all have different ways that we train or program or how we go about things. And that's very fascinating because we've grown as our own specific trainer. You know, we, you know, absorbed a lot of these things and kind of navigated through that so that we found the way that we like to train, but we also continue to educate ourselves. And so you know, there's trainers at Fitness Quest that are very good at Olympic 
weightlifting or you have trainers at fitness quest that are very good with corrective exercises and how we all come together and we all learn from each other. That's truly just a fascinating thing. But if you want to become a coach or a trainer, you have to continue to educate yourself. Can't just say, Hey, I like this and that's it. You know, it's black and white, you know, that this is how I train. I'm not going to change anything because what you believe in right now might actually change down the line. And that's honestly happened to me. And I, when I first started training, I'm like, okay, it's either black or white. That's it. It's either yes or no. And in reality, there's a whole bunch of other colors in the middle. Right. Kind of have to navigate through all of that and figure out who you are as a trainer. Right. And so for me personally, yes, I have a very big background in athletics. So sports specific training is where I shine and having a very big MMA background is where I shine as well. And what makes me different than other trainers at fitness quest, but at the same time, getting deeper into it, I've actually been very passionate about training all the senses and the visual system, especially. And so I've seen a lot of clients come in and tell me, oh, I don't like lifting these weights because it makes me feel nauseous. I'm always nauseous. So I don't want to lift like, okay, well, let's get into like the real root of everything. And at fitness quest, there's a lot going on, right? There's so many people it's crowded, loud music where I've seen a lot of people come in and I like to call this the neurological emergency break (laughs) where you know that you can do something, but something's holding you back. And that that's all of here. Right. And so being able to help them and being able to access their entire visual system to be able to optimize their performance is truly fascinating to me. And I absolutely love that my training career kind of led me down that path because it was a matter of I'm seeing all these clients and I'm doing everything I can, but why are they still not getting the results that I know that they can get? And then it just reverts back to, you know, your mental performance, not just your physical one, but your mental one as well. And you're getting all these physical reps in, but where are your mental reps and how can I help that? And how can I optimize that for them? And so that's honestly made me grow as a trainer was, you know, I have my niche now, what else can I do now? How else can I help? And so that's what kind of led me down that path. Since you're with the NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming Master Practitioner, that's a that's a mouthful. So, how do you? I mean, how are you? You talk a little bit about that, but how do you? How do you kind of put that in? Like knowing to kind of use that that skill, and and how useful is it? You know, dealing with your clients on a day to day basis. So, and I mean, because I mean that's impressive, Jenna. That's. A, not only is it a mouthful, but it's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I actually use it a lot more than I originally thought that I would. I mean, my undergrad is in psychology and my master's was in applied behavior analysis. And so I do have this big psychology background that I honestly didn't think that I was going to use, but I use it more than I ever thought that I would. And because of that, because of regardless of who I work with, whether they're college athletes or everyday moms and dads, everybody can benefit from it because a lot of times I'm getting athletes coming in where, you know, they're questioning, you know, their performance and, you know, they're having mental blocks and their neurological emergency break is all the way up or moms and dads coming in that, you know, they 
don't really have a lot of self-confidence right now, or, you know, because of the pandemic, they put on a few pounds and they're frustrated by that. Mm -hmm. And so using my psychology background, using my NLP background as well, kind of flipping the switch on them. And it's not so much me, but using language as them to make their own breakthrough is what that's all about, honestly. And so, yeah, I'm having conversations with them, but I'm forming sentences or repeating things back to them that they just said so that it forces them to have their own breakthrough and realize I, I didn't do much, but all I did was just talk to you. And Mm -hmm. I use language to help you get through that. When you could do that on your own, you just needed a little help. You just needed to actually hear yourself say something or hear it repeated back to you to make that breakthrough for your own self. Yeah. And, and as a coach in the field and being to your point of being really well-rounded, if you will, in the field of fitness, nutrition, if you're stepping into this field, psychology and utilizing that, because I remember just dealing with a lot. It felt, I felt like personally, I think I dealt with more psychological blockage, if you will, than physical restraints on, you know, with the clients half the time, where if you're in this field, really being compassionate and a good listener and and really, you know, like Todd always talks about the caring game, right? And I'm sure you hear that a lot at Fitness Quest 10. It's something that as a coach, if you don't, if you lack that, your clients will pick that up pretty quickly and that you're not genuine and you really just care. You care more about the earning potential than the client's success, right? So I saw that a lot with our franchise when we initially started out with trainers coming in. They were fantastic salespeople, but they lacked a lot on the coaching, the life coaching, if you will. And prior to this podcast, I had talked to Travis Barnes and he was on there. We talked about life coaching and how that's really lacking in a lot of areas with, in a lot of roles and not just fitness in our profession, but in in business in general or life where uh, people are very narrow-minded and lack that. And it's not an intentional thing, but it's more of a, a... an opportunity thing where it's not given or are offered to to a position when someone accepts it. So, and having you having that background in psychology helps you as a coach. But and I've seen a lot with with coaches who really can benefit from that. And if you're advising in your role, if you're advising a, a, a new trainer similar to you, or just even an experienced trainer, like, and they were seeking out that life coaching or um, help in those areas. Where where would you where would Jenna Mango send them? What's your advice to that to that person? That's a great question. I honestly would send them to dig deep within themselves first because you can't expect to help other people if you're not helping yourself first. I mean, I I use the famous analogy in my book. You know, you're on a airplane. They tell you to put your mask on first before right. helping others. Right. And that that's exactly what you need to do. So if you want to be a coach or a trainer, honestly, if you want to be anything and you know, you're seeking out advice, you need to make sure that you're using it for yourself too. Like you need to make sure that you are the best that you can be to be able to help others. Because like you said, they're going to pick up on that. They're going to pick up on, you know, you being genuine or you not caring. And so you want to help other people. You have to help yourself first. And so you have to improve yourself and be the best possible version that you can be at that time to help other people. And then not settling for that, 
constantly getting 1% better every single day and constantly being better than the person you were the day before is what's going to make the biggest difference in your life and in turn make the biggest difference in your clients' lives as well. Right. And that's, uh, it's being in that field and seeing, and seeing that, that impact that you've made, even that to your point, that 1% better that you've seen them, them get each day that they step in there, whether it be that person or that client couldn't walk three minutes on a treadmill without getting out of breath or, or maybe doing a step up or some simple exercise that we take for granted that to them, it's a big accomplishment and helping them celebrate those moments. So, which is fantastic to see that as a, as a trainer, as a coach, nothing better feeling inside that you are making a difference in someone's life for the good and for the long term. So, and adding, adding years on to someone's life, you know, and changing those lives just with that simple encouragement word or that advice that you're giving them on a day-to-day basis as a coach. So definitely good words of encouragement. What's next for Jenna Mango? Like what would Jenna Mango want to accomplish next? What's her next step or anything you're working on that you want to share with us? Yeah. So there is a second book in the works. And so give me, give me a couple of years because this one took a couple of years. I'm going to need a couple more, but there is a second one in the works and it's, you know, an update about where I am and things that I've learned even more advice than the first one. Cause the first one was, you know, really big story. Now this one's going to be a lot more advice and kind of learning how to navigate your twenties and, you know, our twenties, like we're lost and we're trying to rush our lives or we're comparing our lives to other people. So it's learning how to navigate your twenties and make the most of it. And also working on a collaborative book project, which is very exciting to be a part of, to be a part of so many great other authors or professionals in the field. And so that's really exciting. And then also wanting to go on a lot more podcasts, you know, continuing to get my story out there and go on a lot of public speaking engagements as well. I know of the collaboration project because I'm grateful that I was asked to be a part of that as well. So <laughs> it's a whole new learning. This whole process as for you has, has been an awesome learning experience and, and having been told and knowing myself and is more, more of an introvert and, and jumping in out of that comfort zone of writing a book and going to those retreats and having to talk to all those people like, well, I just go home mentally tired. Right. <laughs> so, but it's good to challenge ourselves outside those comfort zones and from, you at uh, again at such a early stage of your career to move cross country, change your life, pick up, and really just—that's a, a lot of people would be scared to even do that. And I had a similar opportunity when I was in Connecticut when I worked in the insurance industry to move cross country to San Diego. Ironically enough, wow! Um, but I was I chickened out, so I didn't. <laughs> I did not do it. I ended up going to uh, Quinnipiac and then on to Yukon for for you know hanging around Connecticut. Um, a little bit longer because I was afraid to step out of that comfort zone. So kudos to you for taking that that leap and that risk and for your family to share you out there with with Todd and Jeff um, and Fitness Quest, that whole community. So that's a big jump. And jumping back to having a young daughter and then um, the younger girls, and I'm sure the athletes that you train and being that role model, what's that, what's that one piece of advice that you would tell them, you know, the success you've had at such an early age in your career what would you tell that 14? What would you tell that 14 year old Jenna or <laughs> the other 14 year old girls like my daughter out there? Like, hey, this is kind of what it takes. And this is what you need to do to navigate that path. Or, you know, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would say if you want something and you want it bad enough, you can have it. And, you know, not letting other people's opinions or hatred or jealousy deter you from 
getting what you want and being what you want to be. And at the same time, the comfort zone kills. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I went on another podcast. I said the same thing, the comfort zone kills and nothing great has ever come from just staying in your comfort zone. And so if you're sitting there and you're like, I want to be a surgeon and everyone's telling you like, oh, you can't do this. Or, you know, you're too dumb to be a surgeon or things like that. And you're listening to that and you're like, oh yeah, I don't want to do that because I don't want to leave my small little town. I don't want to go to medical school here or honestly, whatever it may be. That's just an example. But Mm -hmm. if you listen to all these outside voices and not the only voice in your head and you're deciding to stay in this comfort zone, you will not get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so you have to take the risk. You have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable knowing that you're going to be uncomfortable because that's where all the success is going to come from. And that's where you're going to achieve all the dreams and the goals that you set for yourself. Right. And to that point, for obstacles and things that are in your way as, as you maneuvered, what was one of the biggest things that you had to maneuver and, and figure out to, to make those things happen for you? I honestly had to silence a lot of the outside voices. That was probably my biggest struggle because, you know, in high school, I was pretty much told that I was too stupid to go to college from, you know, teachers and advisors and counselors that I would only be getting into college for the sport that I played, not because of my education abilities. And so really having to silence those voices was probably the hardest part. And it wasn't just that, you know, it was girls that I had played with or people that I was surrounding myself with at the time that I really had to fight those voices and know that I had what it takes inside me. And just because you say that I can't do something doesn't mean that I can't. So you can throw all the bricks at me that you want to, but at the end of the day, I'm going to take them and I'm going to stand on them. Right. So that was probably my biggest personal struggle was to silence the outside voices and believe in myself. Right. And that's, and that's sometimes hard to do, right? As we, if you're told those things enough, you start to believe them, you Mm -hmm. start to mirror them. You start to, it's hard to get out of that cycle. Right. And I can relate to you 100% because in my book, I talk about similar and same things that I had dealt with. I'm one of seven children. And we didn't come from a lot of money. You know, so things that we had, we shared, right? That you got passed down to an older sibling that, you you know, and so when you go to school or you go out to see your friends and they have things that you're, you know, to me, that was normal, right? So it, was, it didn't bother me. But then it start you start to hit a certain age where the world kind of like starts to tell you, Hey, that why why are you looking like this? Or why do you dress like that? Or why do you, you know, talk that way? You know, and you start to, you know, it starts to kind of weigh on you, right? So how do you get out of that cycle? And 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 part of that, and what I talk about is, and you as well, is just you have to find that inner strength, right? That also includes surrounding yourself with those people who are like-minded, who are there to support you and not not knock you down. And for me, I was told the same thing. You know, like I was not smart enough. You you can't go to college. I had professors tell me that going to a trade school because uh, initially I thought I wanted to be a chef. I come from a family of long line of blue collar workers, so going to college was an afterthought. You you, you know that this didn't happen. So for me, I wanted to kind of change that cycle. And I talk about that. Right. And, and not that there's anything wrong with those professions because my whole family went through those, but I just wanted something different for me and it's okay to want something different. Right. And, and to, to challenge yourself and step out of that comfort zone and that comfort zone. So 
I, I can 100% relate to the obstacles that you kind of went through as well. And and that's the whole point of, uh, you know, of this message and sharing this podcast and bringing on folks like yourself and, and professionals who really can show people and prove to people that those things can be done. And it doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're 25 or 55 or 75, that you're capable more than you think and you can up, uh, overcome those obstacles that are in your way. You just have to dig deep, if you will, um, take a step back, reflect, journal, write things down, put pen to paper so you can visualize those things and see those. So you're able to walk through steps to make yourself better and, and take that leap of faith, really. Right. So thank you for that. Your role that you serve right now at Fitness Quest 10 and the hats that you kind of probably run in your busy day throughout, what's the, something like a fun fact that like, the you know, your friends may know this, or maybe they don't know this, or even your colleagues right now at Fitness Quest 10, what's something that you feel comfortable sharing with the listeners that what's a fun fact about Jenna Mango that a lot of people don't know, or maybe they do? <laughs> wow. Um, I would probably say that... You can hold your breath underwater for three hours or something oh, like I that. Wish. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say, you know, a fun fact is I'm actually a really big adrenaline junkie. And, you know, like I went skydiving, I went surfing, I want to go shark diving. Like I'm actually huge on, you know, adrenaline junkie things like that. You sound like my wife. She wants to go. <laughs> She wants to go uh, swim with the sharks. <laughs> as what she says. I'm like, uh, I will not be doing that. Thank you. <laughs> so you're an adrenaline junkie. Have you have you tried any of those things? You, I, I, you have. I know you jumped out of a plane because I saw I you. Some... Not only did I jump, I flipped out of the plane. So that oh, was. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a little um, a little crazy. <laughs> But uh, I, I, I may do that. that I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> that be something to try. Well, is there something that you haven't tried yet that you, that you, other than like, what's the top of the list? Right now it's, it's shark is diving. It, is it the shark? Okay. It is. Uh, I finally went skydiving and I did that for the first time in San Diego, but yeah, shark, are, shark diving next. Are we talking shark diving in a cage? Are we talking shark diving? Like uh, just with like a harp, you know, a little harpoon in your hand, you're going under with it. I would love to do both. <laughs> but I really, I just, I want to, I want to dive with them. I want to be there. All right. Let you uh, do a little, wear GoPro if you do, so we can uh, all experience that. <laughs> see everything. <laughs> we get to see everything and but we can live virtually through you. So that'll, that'll be, that'll be an experience that uh, we could say we did with you. My parents are going to listen to this and roll their eyes and be like, no, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, do it. Just step out of that comfort zone. Keep stepping out of there. What is, um? so your other book that you want to do, uh, or it's in the works, it, have you got a title for it yet? Like, what would you call it? I do. So the title of my second book is The Time Is Now. And the word now is written like a clock. So it's an N, a colon, an O, and a W. It's kind of nice. like how my tattoo is written. Okay. Uh, and where, do, what, like, where does that name come from? Is that something you've just been thinking about? Or does someone help you create it? So I actually refer to it a lot in choose to rise. I'll say, you know, the time is now. And every single time I refer to now, I write it like it's a clock. And the reason that this has become so prevalent in my life right now is because I, I did get the tattoo of now on my wrist written like a clock that I can constantly see as a daily reminder of the present is what matters. The past is dead. It's gone. It's, it's not coming back. Right. And the future hasn't even happened yet. So why are we spending so much time 
focusing so much on it and worrying about it and stressing about it when what we should be doing is focusing on the right here, right now, this present moment. And so my second book is going to be another important phrase that I live by in my life and, you know, choose to rise was the first one. And now it's going to be the time is now. Well, we I can't wait to see that one and read that one. Um, and maybe you'll, uh, is there a podcast in the future? Jenna Manga podcast that the listeners or your followers can to know it's it's maybe coming at some point or what's going on with have you thought about that part? It's actually been something that kind of became a little bit new to my thoughts right now is you know people have been saying that as you know asking if I would have a podcast or whatnot. So definitely a podcast would be coming in the future. So definitely look out for that. We will. Well, what would that be called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll probably be the Choose to Rise podcast. Choose, choose and, you know, rise. Okay. Other great people on there and, you know, telling their stories, sharing their stories and advice that they have. I mean, I'm a firm believer. We all have a story. It's just yeah. a matter if, you know, we want to share it or not. And right. it's okay if you don't want to share it right away. If you have right. some things that you need to work through and process. But at the end of the day, we all have a story and that story can impact way more lives than you might think it does and really speak volumes to you know, others that may be struggling as well, or, you know, going through a same or similar journey. And so I want to be able to have a platform that shares those stories. That's, that's fantastic. And, you know, and, and Todd talks about this and, and Kelly that, you know, when you, when you popped your head in that day is we all have a story. You see the shirts all floating around fitness mm-hmm. quest 10 is, um, you know, what's your story. And everyone, everyone does have that story in them it's just you know are you gonna let it are you gonna let it out and if you do let it out let it out on your own time but let people know it let them know who you are Uh, one thing that we talk about with our staff and our team and in my facilities is to get to know your you know your teammates your fellow coaches and also get to know your our, our members and our clients on a personal level because you never know what someone's going through on a day to day basis that one simple hello how are you doing or have a good day, Jenna, you know, like those things matter more so than people think. That's something I think, you know, as we navigate through our days is not to forget those little things. Those little things do matter. And then Jenna, where can, if someone wants to follow Jenna Mango and and we'll put all this in the show notes, but where can they find Jenna Mango? They want to follow her. They may want to hire you as their coach. I know I would if I, if I, well, you might, you may kill me, but um, maybe for my daughter, but like, I'll hire you for, if we ever bring her out there, like I'll hire you to, to coach her for a day or two. So um, while we're out there, but where can they find you if they want to follow you and, and train with you? Yeah. If you want to follow me or train with me or honestly, you know, shoot me a message. I love hearing from all of you, especially if you've read my story, you can follow me on Facebook. It's just Jenna Mango. And then Instagram is jmang13, that's J-M-A-N-G-G-G-1-3. And then if you're looking to purchase Choose to Rise, you can purchase that on Amazon. Just make sure when you type the word rise, the I is actually number one. So it's Choose to Rise, the I is a number one. And we'll we'll definitely put all that in the show notes. So I definitely encourage our listeners to get out there, get Jenna's book, follow her on social media, live through those adventures as she's jumping out of planes and skydiving with sharks and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> sea diving with sharks, whatever. Um, so lastly, Jenna, like you're, you're on a podcast, obviously called Why Not Me. Um, what does that what does that term or phrase mean to you? And what advice would you give to anyone who's asking that 
question to themselves now, or maybe they've asked themselves in the past and just didn't do anything about it. Like, So what does that mean to you? It honestly means to me that you're no different than the person standing next to you. If you want something bad enough, why can't you do it? What makes you different than the person standing next to you? Nothing. If you want something and you have, you know, that drive and that determination and that perseverance, you can do it. And so, you know, the question is something simple, like, mm -hmm. why not you? Who, who says it can't be you? Right. Why can't it be? Right. And so if you want something, you know, ask yourself that. What makes you different? Okay. Why That's not right. you? Yeah. It, and it's, it's such a, you know, friends of mine, you know, when, when the book first came out too, they're like, where did that name come from? And, you know, it's, for me, when I was, you know, the height of the pandemic and, you know, trying to kind of pivot and maneuver like everybody else in the fitness industry and questioning themselves of, am I really meant to do that? You know, this kind of stuff, is this the career? Is this how it's going to end? <laughs> you, know, you know, and then you got to kind of dig yourself out of there, but like, you know, and for me, I sat down and just kind of reflected on what mattered most to me and family obviously is a big part of that and and the only the big thing. But part of that is being able to identify those little things that got you there and and appreciate those things and 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 knowing that you are you know capable of those things and asking yourself why that question. So that why not me kept coming up. Well, why not me? Why can't I do this? Why, you know, so it is hundred percent accurate and you're spot on that we're all you know everyone's no different than the person sitting next to you in a coffee shop or your client that you're with you know, we all have our struggles but so hopefully this podcast helps people and again bring on guests that will inspire them and hopefully the listeners have enjoyed you i know i have and, and learning more about jenna and um, next time we're out in in san diego i'll todd pull you up again and talk about your second book and and your third and and your podcast coming up so we'll we'll, we'll put that put you on the spot again i'll, I'll, I'll request that so it's like hey we want to hear more about jenna so i appreciate your time jenna and hopefully you enjoyed this podcast and follow jenna mango fitness quest 10 follow her on instagram buy her book jenna thank you thank you so much for having me you have a great day you too We hope you've enjoyed Jenna's story as she was very open, honest, and vulnerable in her book and sharing her story overall and her message to the world. She's a very um, strong individual who is truly interested in uh, inspiring and um, being that uh, influence and role model um, for those who are seeking out and trying to find ways to get courage um, to make those changes in their life. So thank you, Jenna, for sharing your message, your story, and of course, writing that book to share with many who will no doubt benefit from it. As always, thanks for listening to the show. Give us a like and a follow and share the podcast with a friend. Thank you for uh, listening in and uh, have a great day.